Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high achieving and ambitious mid level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook. Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How are you? I hope that you are enjoying spring weather wherever you're at. We've been in spring here for a while in, in North Florida, but hopefully you're getting some some flowers peeking up wherever you're at. There's a lot written about how to be a great leader and coming from many different angles. In today's podcast, I wanted to distill this information down to the top 10 things you really must know in order to be a successful leader. I want to remind you that I have once a month webinars, master classes on a job search related topic. The link is in the show notes to find out more about this month's topic and to register. We go for a full hour and I jam pack them full of content. So I hope you'll join us. For this episode, I used an article on businessnewsdaily.com. Number one, in terms of what you must know to be a successful leader, is engage in honest, open communication. Great leaders are able to customize their interactions and their communication styles based on the situation and the team member. They understand the importance of the method of communication, you know, whether it's email, phone calls, etc. They also understand the kind of language and the terminology that one individual will, will need and another individual will need and the difference between those. And they're also really great listeners who authentically are interested in their team members. So I think there's this notion out there, and I've I've been guilty of it from time to time in my career, thinking, well, I'm the boss. They have to learn how to adapt to me. I can't figure out how to adapt to all these people, nor should I. And it really isn't an all, it's it's not binary, right? It's not either them adopt, adapting to you or you adapting to them. In a best case scenario, you're both kind of adapting to each other and modifying. But if you want to make sure that one of your employees understands a project or understands a, a task that you've given him, it's so important to understand how he needs or she needs to hear that or read it in order to be effective. So engage in open honest communication. And the key word here is authenticity. So really being genuine and real in the way you communicate with your team members above all else. Number two, connect with your team members. Building a real shared connection is so vital to developing the shared trust that's necessary to build a strong culture of accountability and exceptional performance. We really want to make sure that we know these people. And I think about some of the situations that I've been in. And, you know, I've had bosses who didn't know that I had children, never asked whether I had kids, didn't ask about anything about my personal life. We never celebrated birthdays. And 
I made sure that I did those things for my team members because I didn't I didn't like it that we didn't do it above me. So I want to make sure that my team experienced that. You want to focus on their personalities, their interests, their strengths and their weakness. You know, if you've got a an employee who just loves to hunt and maybe you don't love to hunt at all, you maybe you're opposed to hunting. It doesn't mean you can't be friendly and ask them, you know, did you did you go hunting? What did you get? How big was it? You it's not like you're saying I'm going to go out and do it myself, but you are showing interest in something that they are passionate about. And that can also really give you insight into their goals, what motivates them, you know, how they live their life outside of work. So there's lots of payoffs for you as the boss in showing interest in your employees. Number three, encourage personal and professional growth. You want to be your team's cheerleader. And an important part of that is being invested in their success and their growth. So thinking about how can you support them in their career goals? And ideally, you're able to invest financially and emotionally in their growth. So by financially, I mean, does the company have a policy for reimbursing for higher education or can they take, you know, a certain number of courses during the year? The emotional piece is you encouraging that and being their cheerleader and and wanting to know what they're learning. It can also be giving them challenging opportunities and guidance at work. So is there an initiative that you can put this employee on that would really help them with their professional growth? Is there someone that you want to connect them with at work to do to do the same thing, to get them, you know, connected into the right people in the organization? So encourage their personal and their professional growth. Number four, keep a positive attitude. They're watching you and the way that you handle situations, whether large or small. It says so much about your leadership, how you handle these stressful situations. And this is a quote from Robert Mann, the author of The Measure of a Leader from iUniverse 2013. He recommended focusing on the good in a set of circumstances. Quote, look at three positive things about a problem before you identify what makes it dissatisfying. The more you look at the positives in a problem, the more positively people will react with one another. So if you were a team member notices that a particular course of action you've taken just isn't working, Figure out some things you've done in the past that have worked. So, okay, so this isn't working. This way that I thought I could coach this this team member isn't working. What are some other ways? How can I look back to other successful interactions I've had? How can I think about this as very solvable, very, you know, it's perfectly within my range to solve this problem instead of making it seem so complicated? So keep a positive attitude is number four. Number five, teach employees instead of giving orders. An effective leader knows how to show others what is required rather than simply telling them. If you're trying to control your team to do certain things in certain ways, you're just not going to get the level of engagement from them that you would if you're helping them to recognize the choices they have in front of them. You want your employees to take ownership over a project. And if you micromanage them and tell them exactly how to do it, they may do it exactly the way you want, but it may not be the best way. And it certainly won't necessarily play to the employee's strengths. So giving them the end goal, here's what we're trying to achieve, and giving them whatever direction they must have to do that, but then letting them free to achieve the goal in the way that makes the most sense to them and the way that 
it uses their talents and their passions the most. Now, you're not going to do that right off the bat with a new employee that you've never trusted in this way before, but hopefully this is something you can work up to with employees as they earn that trust. And ultimately, what you're doing as you're teaching these people is you're growing the next generation of leaders for the organization or for a new organization. So you really want to be creating that bench strength. Number six, set clear goals and expectations. When you are setting goals and objectives for your team members, you want to encourage them to ask questions, give feedback, and including them throughout the process. That's really going to increase engagement as opposed to, oh, here's a goal the boss gave me. I have to do it. I don't really know why. I don't understand how this fits into the bigger picture. I don't understand anything, but I'm just going to run off and do this thing. That is not going to create engagement. It's certainly not going to improve engagement. So for a leader to motivate and inspire, she really needs to keep her team in the know about the vision, right? This really helps employees understand the result they're working toward as a unit. And you don't want to let team members' goals go static. So periodically review those goals, modify them, rearrange them if needed, so that your team members know that you're present, you're aware of what's going on, and you're supporting them. So that's number six, set clear goals and expectations. Number seven, you want to give direct feedback about performance. If you're not direct, people won't know what you think about their work and they're never going to be able to improve. So you want to make sure they know the precise direction the company is headed, over communicate that to, you know, your employees and your leadership team so that they don't have to struggle in making decisions and taking action. In addition to providing this constructive feedback and performance reviews, you want to highlight employee achievements and accomplishments. So if a team member does something great, let them know, let the team know, celebrate their wins in measure with the success. So a small win, small reward, large win, large reward, and make sure the whole team is in on it, not in a why did she get it and I didn't way, but when they know what the parameters are for winning this recognition and and they didn't get it and someone else did, then that can be very motivating for them. I know what I need to do to get that award next month and I'm on it. If it's vague and it seems like it's just because this person is a you know a favorite, that's going to be demotivating. So acknowledge successes by outlining how those successes impact the business rather than those vague pats on the back. Hey, good job, right? And this is going to really help your employee exhibit that behavior again and again. Number 8, ask for feedback on your leadership. In addition from feedback from your direct reports, mentors and colleagues can also really help you evaluate your effectiveness. And leadership coaching is also a really great tool as well to help you discover your areas for improvement, assist you in developing a plan to achieve your leadership goals. So these leadership goals shouldn't be kept in a drawer somewhere. They should be talked with with people that you trust and people who will support you as well as your team. Number nine, be open to new ideas. This is so important in leadership. Good leaders have the emotional intelligence to understand 
and accept that change is inevitable, right? So instead of trying to maintain a status quo just for the sake of consistency, really embrace that change and the innovation. Be a, a change agent in your organization. Be open to new ideas and also alternative ways of thinking and really realizing that everyone brings a unique perspective to the table. And that's something you should take advantage of as a leader, not discourage it. And when you're solving a problem, encourage team members to provide their insights. They are going to see things from a new perspective, a different perspective than you do as the boss. And they can bring new ideas to the table. And when you create that culture of new ideas, crazy ideas, it's all welcome here. We're going to hash it out. That's when you can really motivate and engage your team. And then number 10, understand your own motivation. If you view your leadership role as just a job, it's going to show to your employees. So to be an effective leader, you have to have the right motivation. So this is not just about your employees' motivation. Is it the money and the prestige that you care about? Or do you sincerely want to inspire people to do their best? I certainly see the difference in the clients that I work with where the clients that are like their primary focus is on building their team up and growing their team and getting them to where they want to be in their career versus I have these people I have to lead. I manage some people and it's really an afterthought. In addition to what motivates you, it's important for you to know what decreases your energy. So really recognizing your strengths and weaknesses, your work preferences, all of that. And when you know this, then you can diversify your team to sort of surround yourself with people that are not like you, people who bring different strengths to the table who have their weaknesses are your strengths or their weaknesses is someone else on the team's strength. And your leadership style also plays a role in how you interact with employees and it should be evaluated as well. The best leaders can adapt that style to the situation and their employees. So just like we talked about how you communicate differently with different employees, your leadership style, some of your employees will demand really require a much more direct and straightforward leadership style. You've got someone who's maybe going through a personal crisis. Maybe they need a much softer hand, which is not to say that they are let off the hook and they don't have to work, but you're handling them differently. Remember, being a great leader takes time. And although some individuals, I think, are more naturally inclined to be good leaders, it is something that anyone can learn and improve upon if it is a goal of yours and a priority. And with hard work and dedication and some strategic planning, you can absolutely lead your team to success. So I hope this has given you some thought about perhaps finding one of these idea, one of these areas where you're like, yeah, I could use some work in that area. So I'm going to give you those 10 again. Number one, engage in open, honest communication with your team members. There needs to not be this veil of secrecy or they don't know why things are being done to the degree that you can keep those lines of communication open. Number two, connect with your team members on a professional and a personal level. Find out about what they enjoy doing outside of work. Learn about their family. You know, what are they most proud of in their career? Really helps you to understand what motivates them and how you can support them. Number three, encourage personal and professional growth, ideally both financially and emotionally. 
Number four, keep a positive attitude. So you want to make sure that you're mirroring that kind of best case scenario situation. So especially when there's a crisis, they're watching you to see how you respond. And you really want to not, you know, be all doom and gloom and, and you know, the sky is falling, but really have a positive attitude about that. Number five, teach employees instead of giving orders. Don't just demand and dictate to them and, you know, top down management style, but teach them how to do things. I've got a, a person in my life right now who's struggling because she was hired to do, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, and she's only doing A because her boss won't take the time to teach her B, C, D, E, and F. And it will really take a very small amount of time and the payoff will be huge for this boss, but she's not doing it. So you want to make sure that you're that leader that teaches employees what they need to know to be successful and you're not just dictating to them. Number six, set clear goals and expectations. Make sure that you share your vision with the people in your department, others that need to know, and revisit those goals periodically. And, and set you're setting goals for yourself. You're also setting goals with your team members. Number seven, give direct feedback about performance. Don't beat around the bush. Give them what they need. Take into consideration their communication style, what you know about their personality, what you know about how they are motivated, and factor all of that in, but make sure they know what they're doing well and what they need to work on. Number eight, ask for feedback on your leadership. So whether it's a 360 feedback where you're getting, you're hearing from your employees, you're hearing from your boss, you're hearing from colleagues, you're hearing from maybe customers or vendors, really getting that feedback so you can get objective perspective about your leadership. Number nine, be open to new ideas. Do not get that reputation as someone who always does it the same way it's always been done, but you want to be open to new ideas, new perspective, alternative ways of thinking. And then finally, understand your own motivation. Why do you want to be a leader? Why are you in this leadership role? Your employees will smell it. If your heart's not in it, if you're kind of going through the motions, they will know, and that will set the tone for the entire office. So I hope this has helped you to think about maybe an area that you could work on to become an even better leader. And I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach. So be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.